Welcome to Iron Rhetoric with your intrepid host, Pastor Brett McAtee. Truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yet that scaffold sways the future, and behind the dim unknown, standeth God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. Good afternoon, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to this. This is uh, Pastor Brett McAtee at Charlotte Christ the King Reformed Church in Charlotte, Michigan, coming to you with our Iron Rhetoric. That's what we're calling this, right? That is correct. Iron uh, Rhetoric. All right. See, I, I, I can even remember from week to week. Um, we're going to start. Uh, we usually do a few of these in a row and then post them over a course of weeks, but we're going to start this evening as our time with Matt and I, and I'm also, let me say here, I'm very thankful to Matt Smith, who is my tech guy who knows all this stuff. If it wasn't for Matt, this wouldn't be happening because I don't I don't know anything about this stuff. And frankly, I'm probably at the age where I don't want to learn. I got other things, other irons in the fire. So I'm thankful for Matt um, being the chap who's pushing the button, so to speak. But we want to start this evening looking at um, the issue of the media. Um, let's call it the, the legacy media. Some people want to call it the Lugan Press. Uh, some people want to call it the advocacy media. Um, it's the media that's would be also called mainstream or lamestream. Um, I had all kinds of uh, work that I did on media in, in, in undergrad, and um, we had to read the, the, tons of material about you know the background of the media, and uh, especially referring to the, the television electronic media and, and its beginning. And we need to understand that it's been a long time since we've had anything that even remotely resembled objective journalism. Most of my listeners are going to realize that. Um, but many people still think if they hear it on Fox or they hear it on CNN, MSNBC, wherever, that it, it must be the truth. And, and clearly, no matter what your source of information is, you just, you just can't swallow it without looking under the covers, so to speak. Um, I would say you can't understand our current media unless you understand that, uh, yeah, for decades even, uh, from the inception of television even until the late 80s, uh, the Marxist left owned the information output in America. Now, again, you might say that, you know, it was a soft Marxism. You might say it was more socialism than communism. But at the end of the day, all of those networks that popped up at the beginning, NBC, CBS, later I think it was ABC, uh, they were all uh, tilted towards the left. You have to, yes, even our beloved uh, Huntley and Brinkley and Walter Cronkite and lots of names I can't remember. Um, they were all drinking out of the pool of the left. Uh, for approximately 50 years, the country danced to the tune of, of the Marxist media or Marxist-friendly media in America. And that you don't have to take my word on that. I'd encourage you to go out and get an older book now. It wasn't old when I first read it. Um, and that's a book by a, a woman named Edith Efron. Uh, she wrote, I think it's published somewhere around 1970, and it was titled The News Twisters. We had to read that in undergrad. And Efron looks at the 1968 campaign um, for president and demonstrates how stilted the, uh, the media was uh, and how favorable it was uh, to the leftist candidate, uh, Hubert Humphrey. Of course, Humphrey today would be considered a raging conservative because the Overton window has moved so much to the left. 
but 1968, he was considered a leftist. And now, um, since the time of Edith Efron, with the rise of cable networks, uh, I think that was in the 80s, um, and even more so with the rise of talk radio reaching crescendo uh, with the blogosphere and the Internet in general, the cultural Marxist stranglehold on information, and the information output has been seriously challenged. Um, it's perhaps not as uh, yet as conservative as we might want it to be or not uh, oriented towards biblical foundations as much as we might want it to be, but at least it's not as hard left uh, in terms of the stranglehold um, that it used to be. Um, this reality that, that there's new information sources that for the listener to go to accounts for the hyperventilating done by the left against uh, people like, uh, well, I think it's uh, Revolver. You see the Revolver? Revolver, uh, it's a news consortium that brings together articles. Even Real Clear Politics um, is a site that you can find uh, you, from time to time, really halfway decent stuff. But in point of fact, the advocacy media is is far more subversive uh, than even people like uh, QAnon. But QAnon is a threat because a significant minority was listening to QAnon uh, or they were listening to Alex Jones. And that what that did is it threatened the monopoly that the cultural Marxist left has on information. And just so it's clear, I'm not a fan of, fanboy of either QAnon or Alex Jones, uh, though I am familiar with other alternative uh, information sourcing. And the reason this is all important is because you're, a person is only good as, as the information that they can, that they can gather or that they're exposed to. Uh, you show me what your information source is, and I'll probably pretty routinely be able to tell you what your opinion is going to be. So, Information sourcing is incredibly important, and the fact that we're bombarded with the same narrative um, is because people understand uh, the importance of the information sourcing and the information narrative. Uh, you can be sure that the advocacy media will, with continued shrillness, warn against or warn about the dangers of our norms being challenged by dangerous information, disinformation outlets. I mean, we're seeing that all the time, right? If you do any social media, uh, you've got people telling you that, you know, we need to fact check this. And, of course, that leads one to ask, well, who's fact checking the fact checker? Fact checkers. Um, they never talk to you about that. But, of course, all of this, all of this fact checking um, stuff that's going on, all of it is about controlling um, the information um, that's getting out there. Indeed, it's gotten so bad that there are now routinely calls to give up the, the First Amendment because uh, they so want to control uh, this messaging that goes out there. And so the, the lamestream or the Lugan Press or the uh, advocacy or legacy media uh, hyperventilate about our norms being challenged because they're the ones who've been sitting in norms for decades. And actually what's being challenged here are the norms of the cultural Marxists or of the people on the left. Um, we should add here that not everybody you think is on the right is on the right. Uh, for example, I, I viewed a, a short Matt Walsh clip, and Matt Walsh has done some good work. He's, he's done that uh, documentary on what is a woman. 
Uh, he wrote that book on um, the boy wanting to be a walrus. I don't remember the name of it. So Matt's done some good work. But yeah, in this clip, uh, he goes out of his way uh, to advocate propositional nation. In other words, he says that America's never been about um, its origins in terms of peoples or people groups. It's never been about uh, culture, but it's always been about a doctrine. And well, that's you know, Matt thinks he's conservative, but when he says that, he's now been dropped. He's now dropped himself into the Trotskyite perpetual revolution kind of mindset. Nobody thought that way uh, until for example. So you have to be careful even of those people that you think are conservative. Um, they can land some real whoppers uh, from time to time. You can't give anybody, anybody a pass just because they've been right before. Yeah, I know it's hard to believe, but you can't even give me a pass. You've got to double-check me. Um, that's hard for me to admit, but you need to do that. Um, so all of this explains why you see people exhausting themselves about uh, warning about the dangers of the scary racist or or the dangers of nationalism or the dangers of transphobia. Um, these accusations, epitaphs, whatever you want to call them, they're, they're the tools of triumph for the cultural Marxist left. And anybody who supports biblical doctrines of nationalism and sexual normalcy, normalcy will be attacked by the cultural Marxist left media as being an extremist, uh, a member of a hate group or what other whatever flag they want to put on you. Uh, for here's here's how this works out. One of the founding credos of communism, uh, for example, was the destruction of nations. And I bring that up because one of the epitaphs that are slung around today is calling people, oh, "You're a you're a nationalist" or "You're a Christian nationalist." And the fact that that's so despised, the idea that I might be a Christian nationalist or uh, even a white Christian nationalist, uh, the reason that's so despised is right out of our history books, if we would know. Um, the communists, for example, their credo was the destruction of nations. And so the communists, uh, in their doctrine, wanted to get rid of nations. Um, here's some quotes in order to sustain what I'm getting at. This one is from Frederick Engels. He was uh, Marx's uh, driving partner he produced most of the funds that kept Marx afloat. Uh, this is from his book, in the, Prin uh, the Principles of Communism from 1847. Uh, Engels wrote in a kind of a catechetical type of manner, what will be the attitude of communism to existing nationalities? He answers, the nationalities of the peoples associating themselves in accordance with the principle of community will be compelled, compelled, to mingle with each other as a result of this association and hereby to dissolve themselves just as the various estate and classes distinctions must disappear through the abolition of their basis private property. And so once again, we see here that the reason that nationalism is such a dirty word among the media elites and even the church elites, at least many of them, um, that attitude towards hatred of nationalism it comes right out of the communist playbook and the media is something that uh, for all it's worth uh, for example Stephen Wolf's book on on Christian nationalism um, I'm not particularly endeared with Wolf's book but it's fascinating to me uh, how the those who hate nationalism have just <laughs> have just mauled Wolf 
and the and the things and the ideas that he's putting forth. And I would say that's because um, their information source, that is those who are doing the mauling, whether they know it or not, and it's quite possible they don't, has been uh, some form of Marxism. Here's another quote. This is from a chap named Mikhail Nesturik. He was a Soviet anthropologist. Um, this is from The Origin of Man, written in 1959. Don't tell anybody. That was the year I was born. He says, quote, The equality of races and nations is one of the most important elements of the moral strength and the might of the Soviet state. Soviet anthropology develops the one correct concept that all the races of mankind are biologically equal. The genuinely materialist conception of the origin of man and of races serves the struggle against racism, against all idealist, mystic conceptions of man, his past, present, and future. Now you have to understand when a Soviet anthropologist talks about all the races of mankind are biologically equal, um, he, what he's saying there is that they're all biologically the same, that there are no distinctions um, between the various races, and that we need to, to lose this mystic conception of man in Nestor's words. Uh, we need to lose that and see that, it, that we're all just uh, the same. Uh, and so again, Nestoric shows that, that communism hates the idea of nationalism. And so our information sources, we see that they're drinking from these pools, whether they realize it or not, and so they're hurling as an epitaph upon people um, that they, they might be nationalists. Uh, I feel sorry for, for Wolf. I still feel sorry for uh, Thomas Acord and all that went on there, um, as if it's some kind of crime. Uh, when in point of fact, uh, biblical nationalism is biblical. Here's another quote. Uh, everybody will know this name, or most of my listeners, I think, will know this name. Vladimir Lenin. Uh, this is his book, The Rights of Nations to Self-Determination, page 76. He says, quote, The aim of socialism is not only to abolish the present division of mankind into small states and end all national isolation, not only to bring the nations closer together, but to merge them. Did you hear that? But to merge them. I mean, that could be right out of Genesis uh, 11, right? That could be right out, of, right out of Babel. He wants to bring the nations closer together, and not just that. That's not good enough. He wants to merge them. He wants to abolish the present division of mankind. And so a clear, again, this hatred of nationalism at least as a source, um, well, you can trace it back to communism, and then behind that you can trace it back to Babel. Um, nowhere does, does Scripture tell us that uh, there's going to be this universalizing principle wherein all men are going to be um, no longer distinguishable in their ethnicities or in their races. And yet our information sources are screaming at us all the time. Our films are... Uh, shoving this on us all the time. Indeed, I read a quote today from a, a Pakistani actor who works in America where he's, he was lamenting he couldn't get a job as a villain because a villain sometimes can be a fun role to play. And, he, and the Pakistani actor was saying they all, all they want is white guys. Uh, so what's the reason for that? The reason is, is that 
Uh, we want to erase the white man as uh, discernible and distinct uh, reality. Here's another one from Karl Marx Collected Works. This is just a short one. Marx said, uh, even the natural differences within species, like racial differences, can and must be done away with historically. Uh, one more. Full-scale communist construction constitutes a new stage in the development of national relations in the USSR, in which the nations will draw still closer together until complete unity is achieved. However, and this one's from Nikita Khrushchev, however, the obliteration of national distinctions and especially of language distinctions is a considerably longer process than the obliteration of class distinctions. So our good old friend Nikita, uh, he admits it's going to take some time, but that's what the goal is. Now, again, remember the reason I brought all this up is that our information sources, um, the media, the advocacy legacy media out there, the Lugan Press, um, they are all the time railing uh, against nationalism. Well, where does that come from? Well, I'm contending this evening um, that his sources is uh, some variant of Marxism. And now with the advent of cultural Marxism, that meme uh, that Khrushchev mentions, the idea of the obliteration of national distinctions and language distinctions, that meme has been retained and is combined with another element of the cultural Marxist new proletariat uh, being a sexual pervert and their lobby, which is to say that they're, they're achieving this goal um, by means of um, those who want to, who have now bought into this narrative of destroying nations and thinking it's bad, but also part of those that are doing the long march of the institutions are those who are the sexual pervert um, lobby as well as uh, feminists and many academians. And all these people together form those who are doing a long march through the, through the institutions. One of the tools that they're using is one institution they've already secured and have secured, as I said earlier, for decades, and that is the major media. So that's the world we live in. And now we're at the point, as I've hinted at and said explicitly even, that the pulpit in America is taking up these same shrill denunciations of nationalism and racism. Anybody who dare assigns perversion to perverted sexuality is also likewise denounced. So even if your pulpit is not denouncing these realities, the silence of your pulpit on these matters is contributing to the attack on biblical Christianity and those who are trying to stand against the Marxist onslaught. It's a difficult conclusion for Christians to arrive at that the news they so casually consume, the information sources that they open and look at, it's hard for them to to admit that those outlets belong to the enemy of their souls. All the news the Christians uh, listen to as coming from the legacy advocacy, advocacy media should be understood as being to Christians what the reports of Tokyo, Tokyo Rose were to the troops in the South Pacific during World War II. Uh, you remember Tokyo Rose, don't you? Uh, Tokyo Rose was... Uh, the woman who was uh, transmitting from Japan and basically saying to the Americans, oh, your cause is hopeless, uh, you're going to be defeated, uh, we know certain things uh, that you don't, and she would so shade the news 
that it made, it was uh, given to cause American soldiers um, to basically give up. And that's what the, the advocacy media is today. It's, it's just another version of Tokyo Rose. And every time you turn on that news station, whether it's uh, Fox News, whether it's CNN, and I hit Fox News because people think that's conservative, but I'm, I'm here to tell you Fox News is not conservative. Whether you're listening to your favorite talk show radio person, um, it all we have to be Bereans on all this stuff. We have to check to see whether this stuff is so. That means we need to learn how to investigate. We need to learn how to research. Or we need to find people that we, we know that we can trust, that our instinct is to trust, to look out, look for this stuff for us. Because obviously not everybody has the time to double-check all the sources. Um, as I said at the outset, this idea of the slanting of the news or what's been called spin, the spin cycle, it's been true for decades. Um, we talked earlier about Cronkite. Edward R. Murrow was a famous name. Uh, he, likewise, was a man of the left. Uh, Walter Lippmann, who was uh, especially popular, uh, was a man of the left. Uh, any number of other leading journalists uh, of yesteryear um, you just got to examine their presuppositions. I mean, all of this brings us back to presuppositionalism. What are their found, foundational starting points? Um, you have to ask those questions. What are they presuming to be true? And so to wrap up where we've been this evening on this one, I would say to my fellow Christians, um, if your concern is to think right, you have to realize the major media outlets are not your friend. Indeed, they're your enemy. And their disinformation is impacting negatively, yeah, your understanding of basic Christianity. Because you have to understand that in these news stories and different news accounts, that what's being slipped in is, is theological presuppositions. And those have implications beyond just the news story that you're getting. And so it's past time for us uh, to give up on the major media. It's past time to be trusting. Uh, you can no longer trust what you hear on, well, almost anything. You've got to have a hermeneutic of suspicion in terms of, of what you're receiving. So it's past time to give up on the major media and to find other sources for your information. Find, find somebody you can trust. Find somebody that you've checked up on a few times and you found that they're, they're pretty good. But even then, don't put all your eggs in that basket, like the analogy with Walsh. Walsh has done some good stuff. But when he went all propositional nationhood, that says to me, okay, I just can't accept everything Matt Walsh has to say. And that's true of a lot of uh, what I call neocons, uh, Ben Shapiro and, and other uh, talk show formats. So that's what I have for this evening, and I trust that we'll be thinking more about what our information outlet sources are. Thank you, and good night. Thank you for joining us this week. Look for us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
Google Podcast, and Anchor FM. Don't you know she could bring a good feeling ain't had in such a long time? Save my life, I'm going down.